Let me read to you the second part of the article that she wrote on managing triggers, part two, and she entitled this one, Turning Down the Smoke Alarm. As well as being unwelcome intrusions, triggers are also clues to our dissociated trauma when we separate from ourselves. Like pop-up reminders of things from the past that our brains have interpreted as danger. They can therefore point us towards what we still need to process. And remember when we talk about processing, one of the models that I offer to you is this thing called EMDR, Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. Ask me more about that if you would like some more information. So while being difficult to deal with, they can also become useful guides on our, on our therapeutic journey of recovery. Rather than being ashamed of triggers, we can start to see that they are our brain's best attempt to keep us safe and to give us maximum warning time to respond to potential threats. That's an interesting way of looking at triggers, isn't it? The problem lies in the fact that our amygdala, that part of the brain we touched on in a previous session, our amygdala, which functions as a kind of smoke alarm in the brain and responds so quickly and so automatically to potential threats within seven milliseconds and outside of our conscious thought. And what it's reminding us is about the threats that we faced in childhood, the fire, the danger, and we react without thinking because there's like a smell of smoke. Our unconscious kicks in really quickly to protect us even before the logical reasoning thinking brain has even detected a problem. Can you see the safety valve response to protect us, but that it goes wrong and inappropriately triggers us when we shouldn't be triggered to respond to the situation in front of us because it's not really one of danger. The automatic hardwired survival response is built into our every day human interactions but it has become over responsive in the case of people who have suffered repeated trauma especially in early life in childhood development and so in the second part in this article she's going to look at what we can do to turn off the smoke alarm once it has been triggered or in other words, how, how can we develop strategies for turning our front brains on and our back brains off? Remember, pre-cortex, cerebral cortex, the front, and more towards the back, not only the limbic, but more the amygdala. We will also look at what we can do to turn down the sensitivity, the smoke alarm, of the amygdala so that over time it's less likely to react unnecessarily to the metaphorical smelling of burnt toast, the smoke alarm, 
going off too quickly because of a whiff of fire when really there wasn't really any fire, wasn't really any smoke. These are two articles which I will give to you for you to read. There is a need to manage anxiety. Let me read you this article. Anxiety resides in the part of the brain not connected to your thinking. Wow. When you get triggered, it sets off your body response, even if you try to talk yourself out of it. This is why we need to use methods that reach where your emotions are stored and can help to calm them down. So educating you about triggers, things that send the nervous system into fight, flight, freeze responses is necessary in a recovery program like this. If you as a client begin to recognize and name the things that trigger you, then you get a chance to explore what might be linked to those triggers. You can also use other processes like EMDR, where you just can't find what might be linked, but you know there's something linked. Once you've identified the triggers, you can then start to deactivate by tapping in the resources that you, by learning the resources, in EMDR terms, we talk about tapping in some resources to help you in a particular situation. A part of the EMDR work, when you are seeking to process unresolved issues, traumas, stresses of the past that are there in the unconscious still triggering you, we want to build a resource team of people around you. I won't go into too much detail about that, but why not contact me, contact me to talk about EMDR and the role that that can play in helping you to deal with persistent and unresolved issues in your life. What we're wanting to do in this session is help you to identify your triggers identifying your triggers. Triggers come in all shapes and sizes. Some are unavoidable and in your face and others can hit you like a steam train when you're completely unaware. Broadly speaking, there are two types, emotional triggers and environmental triggers. In other words, things that are going on inside of you, emotional, and things that are happening outside of you, environmental. Triggers are often linked to the unmet needs in the dormant phase. That's really interesting. Remember the cycle of sex addiction that I took you through? And that the half past the hour was that thing called dormant. You're not doing the behaviors, but it hasn't gone anywhere. And actually that's where the desire, the function, the role actually lives. All the stuff that you might be triggered by and want to act out is there still inside of you, but it's dormant, just waiting for you to move to the next place where something triggers it out. So this sentence, which is a significant sentence, triggers are often linked 
to the unmet needs in the dormant phase. For example, if you discover that one of the things you get from acting out is a way of avoiding the feelings of loneliness and instead enjoy the feeling of being affirmed and wanted, the chances are that being rejected by a partner, by a friend, finding yourself alone, feeling bored, unlikely to be triggers. And the same is true that you're then going to use porn as a way of self-soothing the anxiety, the anger, the frustrating day at work, the boredom, 